welcome back to The Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 85. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that you can visit thedadchronicle.com to subscribe to this podcast for free. Don't miss a single episode. And also, check out our patron rewards while you're there. Click on the link to our patron site to check out all the cool rewards for supporting this show. Today, I speak with Kyle Ferguson. Kyle is a full-time content creator, video game coach, and first-time father. You likely know Kyle from shows like Into the Nexus and There Will Be Dungeons. Kyle's experience as a first-time dad is incredibly inspirational. We talk about the long and arduous labor that his wife went through in delivering their son. And they're all just applauding her, you know, for going natural for 36 hours here. And they're like, you know what? We're going to do the epidural. It's the way you're going to relax. We're going to finish this out. And nobody here in the entire hospital thinks you're wussing out on this. We talk about how playing video games changes after having kids. Completionist? Yeah, that, 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 that's over. That, yeah. That's done. Yeah. And I'm perfectly okay with that. And finally, Kyle talks about his hopes for his son when he grows up. This is where you get like teary-eyed. Here's my conversation with podcaster, gamer, and new dad, Kyle Ferguson. Kyle Ferguson, welcome to the Dad Chronicle. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. This is such a cool resource you put together. Hey, thank you very much. I love uh, I love the work you do over on on the various podcasts and such that I hear you on and, and catching you every once in a while on Twitch. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your new experience as a father. Uh, but before we do that, let's introduce you to the world in case people don't know who you are. So how would you introduce yourself to this world? Well, if you're in the podcast sphere, I'm the Heroes of the Storm guy, the uh, Blizzard Entertainment game, the MOBA. Uh, outside of that, I do a number of other podcasts. I do a D&D show on the Frog Pants Network called There Will Be Dungeons. Streams over to, at twitch.tv slash Kyle Ferguson. I do some coaching for video games. And a number of solo shows like uh, DM Gives Inspiration, hoping to make people better dungeon masters for D&D 5.0. Oh, man. I, I have loved There Will Be Dungeons, and I am like really far behind really really far behind but i i always find myself finding time like where i can listen to podcasts when i'm not busy making content i want to listen to that show that is the show i listen to so you guys are my podcast i listen to when i'm not making podcasts so that's awesome i mean that's fair it's three hours a week yeah D, D is a lot of content it is uh but it's it's been fabulous and we're getting back to it today for the first time i'm really excited to see where things go for varel Oh man, and Varel is a hell of a character. So, what did you? Where did you get inspiration for uh, the character Varel? So Scott and John, it was their first time playing D anD. d So Kristen and I wanted to make sure they got the run of it. I never really got to play a melee class before. I always wanted to do a barbarian, and the way things were going, we already had you know our, the the makings of our grumbly wizard. In Scott, we had the Bard with John, which is going to be great because he's so good at that charisma, those voices. Yeah. And I love Worf <laughs> from Star Trek. <laughs> there it. Okay. All right. Very interesting. I could totally and then see you, that. Uh, you combine that with um, Brock Sampson from Venture Bros. Oh, so good. And that whole like fish out of water comedy style that Worf has it it, it just I, I love it and I ate it up and then of course you know I watched Conan the Barbarian and that was that was Varel that is great no that's really interesting actually I now that you say that I totally see it um very very cool and now let's also talk about your partner in crime on uh the other side of the mic over there uh your wife Kristen so do you want to talk about uh how you guys met yeah, we met in college. Uh, it was at a Halloween party. I was a Ghostbuster, and she was a nudist on strike, meaning she was wearing normal clothes with a sign around her neck that said nudist on strike. Hilarious. And she saw me hanging out, and she's a a go-getter. So she was like, ooh, that, that guy, and just beelined over to me and was like, hey, you like anime? It's like, what? cute little girl asked me about anime of course I, yeah what, what about it and my friends go we're bored we want to go to this other party that's a bit more rocking we need to go and i'm like okay what's your name like being dragged out the door by my friends i'll look you up on facebook and and i did and things went from there so wow it's been uh 
Wait, hang on. Yes. 13 years? Amazing. 13 years. Very cool. How long have you guys been married? We got married in... Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Good. The 2013. Oh, okay. So we got married at the same year then. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It was a good year. It is a good year. You know? No, I mean, she's like I said, she's a go-getter. So I said, hey, do you have any New Year's resolutions? And she's like, to be married. And I said, okay. <laughs> oh, cool. Very cool. All right. Well, she's a go-getter. Yeah, that's exactly right. And she's wonderful on uh, There Will Be Dungeons. Um, you can check all that over at uh, frogpants.com. Um, it, so so we will certainly talk about some D&D coming up because I want to talk to you about some of the geeky things that you're into. But let's talk about why you are here today. It's because you are a new dad. And it's so exciting. And I've loved all the pictures on social media. Uh, why don't you introduce us to your son? My son is Flynn Ferguson. Uh, Such a good name, by the way. Eight. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was it was complete secret. We didn't want anyone messing with it. We were really excited about the name. We had a couple of others in the bag, but that's the one we really settled on. You know, when we were we were talking to him before he was born, and I've got a creative family, and she's got a creative family who would just have nonstop ideas if we told them any names. Well, we know. Did you think about this? And so it was complete. A complete secret until he was out in the world. Love it. I love it. Now, okay, let's talk about that moment. You figured out that you were going to be a dad. You found out. Uh, What was going through your mind at that point? It was Christmas Day, actually. And Kristen had a cup of coffee that she had made. And at the bottom of the cup was you and me make three written there. So, oh, cool. there's other gifts, and she's like, "Don't you want to finish your coffee?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm sipping on it," and she's like, "Well, you might, you know, finish your coffee and you'll get your gift." And down the coffee, words start appearing, and found out that way. But we were, you know, very purposely trying. Uh, we had been at it for about three months, trying to get a sort of schedule going. With uh, I, w- I was really in love with the idea of him being born in June around my birthday or Father's Day. But it took a bit because we're older, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm we're 32, and so and we were also running marathons at the time. And I don't know if there's science behind that, but our bodies were certainly spending resources in other ways. So yeah. eventually, once the marathon settled down, uh, Christmas time, everything worked out. No, that is true. I talked to a lot of people who. Um you know, may, may have trouble for various reasons. Um, we've had a lot of folks on the show who have had trouble, you know, getting pregnant on a, on a various levels of that scale. Um, one of the situations I know of, um, you know, really is due to some of the stress that you put your body under when, when you're exercising a lot, like, while it's really good for you, certainly exercise, um, that, that, uh, energy and that strain actually dampers some of that, like whatever the juice is to, to make it, you know, to make it stick. It's, it's a, it's an interesting, um, pattern that I've seen there. And I've, and I've heard those people say, yeah, I talked to the doctor and that's exactly what it was. Like, they instead of working out seven days a week, they trimmed it down to like four and uh, they put their body under less stress and it just it stuck, you know. So that's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about, you know, eight months later, nine months later, here, here you are. And, and actually, it was probably closer to nine months total, right? Because Flynn was late, wasn't he? Yeah, he was almost two weeks late. So <sighs> they were going to have to induce, but he was two days before that schedule Good hit. Lord. So. We were very happy he made the decision when he did. I was following uh, very closely to Twitter, and what I noticed was uh, like several, several, several hours passed, and I'm like, there's no announcement of a baby. How long was Kristen in labor for? 48 hours. Jesus, dude. Okay, so, yeah. so, so talk to me about that moment and what you did um, kind of as her partner in this situation. Um, because I mean, we all know how tumultuous that situation is for, uh, for the woman going through that labor. Like it is brutal. Um, talk to me about how you supported her through that. It was a, yeah, it was a long, it was a long go. Um, it's such an interesting experience because when you're talking to people who haven't done a kid through labor, you're talking about an experience uh, that they just 
can't grasp and using a bunch of words that even like to a younger guy, you're like, oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's not something I've gotten really to describe before, but it was a lot of standing and sitting at first because she would sit down, relax a little bit. But then, you know, five minutes later, a contraction would hit and we'd sort of stand up and howl. And so we'd both stand up together. You know, I hold her and we'd rock. And and that went on for about like 15 hours, just Jeez. stand and sit and stand and sit. And, and eventually at about the 36 hour mark, uh, I mean, basically you got to relax while pushing it's insane yeah. there's there's a lot going on in there but there's a relaxing that needs to happen and if you're in pain you're tensing so eventually the basically we it felt like we had the whole medical board of washington in there and they're all just applauding her you know for going natural for 36 hours here and they're like you know what we're gonna do the epidural it's the way you're gonna relax we're gonna finish this out and nobody here in the entire hospital thinks you're wussing out on this, thinks you're, you know, throwing in the towel. Everyone's amazed, but let's get this done. Yeah, at that point, I mean, so you guys ended up getting an epidural, you said 36 plus hours in. Did, uh, was Kristen upset about having to take the epidural? I mean, at that point, we had been through so much pain and so much, you know, standing. I was there every time she stood, pushing her on the back, holding her up. Like, uh, it was... In in my world, it was physically exhaustive through just the marathon of it, not even imagining what she was going through yeah. with the pain. And at that point, she was like, yeah, let's just let's just make it happen uh, because he was <laughs> 10 pounds, four ounces. It's a big uh, in the end. We were kind of like, oh, that, that all, all makes sense. You know what? I think it was OK to get some aid in there. Yeah. And knowing Kristen, though, just from, you know, uh, watching guys over the Internet and uh, listening to some of the stuff that you guys are on, uh, she is she is such a champ, man. Like I it yeah. doesn't surprise me that she wanted to go just straight up natural. Um, you know, I'm really glad to hear that she's good, though, on the other end and, and that the baby's OK. And, you know, like that's that's incredible. What was it like holding him for the first time? Uh, it was uh, the wrong hand position because <laughs> okay. they they I, I i caught so they oh, had me put on really? gloves we're getting there uh toto starts playing africa and all the nurses we were doing a midwife too which was just awesome because uh they were just so in tune with it all and so understanding of everything that she was going through here in here in washington they basically kind of do a health screening and if you're in good health and you're fit they're like please do the midwife system we love it we don't have a doctor barking at us. The nurses get to have their own uh, control over the situation. So we had just an awesome team of nurses in there. And everyone was cheering. They're like, Toto, come on, come on. It's a great song to be born to. It ends. Uh, uh, next song comes on. It was Elton John. I'm still standing. And they're like, good song, good song. Let's do it. And they throw some gloves on me. I go down to catch. And my hands are, you know, touching each other like I'm going to hold a guppy. You know, like I'm <laughs> holding water. Uh -huh. And he had a. He had a, a cone head, so but I didn't really understand that. So the cone gives him a head of I don't know, maybe like like five inches around, and you're like, oh, you know, little little baby. My hands are like this, and then he comes out. And he's oh, spread the hands, big baby, coming through, <laughs> and and he's you know slippery, and I'm like oh crud, and the, all the nurse hands, you know, like seven of them. I guess that's odd. So uh, eight of them come flying in, and we get the baby up to the chest. And that is, without a doubt, like the most slow motion high school music playing moment of my life where all the stars in the background, because it was it was swarms of people around us. But I drop a baby on her chest and she just has like this for me face. Oh, that's the and, best. You know, we're both well enough and like just swarms of people doing medical stuff around us. But it was just a complete pause in time. And it was awesome. Oh, I love it, man. So you get the baby cleaned up. And like, when was the first time that you were able to actually hold Flynn for uh, longer than just, hey, plop him down on Kristen and like start that skin to skin? When did you actually have your first like, quote unquote, moment with him? Uh, it was probably that night. Yeah. And they were big on the skin to skin. And then, mm -hmm. of course, they were like, dad, you do skin to skin, too, and give mom a break. So 
once we got kind of they left for about an hour and they sort of leave you in there and let you just sort of soak it in and then they come in and start doing all the weighing stuff and getting that all done and it's a bunch of gambling nurses are all like how big do you think oh yeah big okay and they're all like taking bets <laughs> as to how big the baby is and they all cheer when they see you know the 10 pounds four ounces and eventually that night i got to hold him and that was really really something really cool and it's not all that difficult maybe because he was such a big baby i mean he could you know night night one even sort of tense his neck hold it you know you see all these sort of things we're like i'm afraid of breaking the baby it's like nah i'm good yeah it's it's more like uh you know you ever held a bag of rice you just kind of support it on both ends and you're good now all right so so you guys have been with flynn now for has it been what a month three 18 days oh 18 days jesus it feels like a longer than that um so okay now that you're 18 days into this thing, what has life been like at home with you and Chris? Have you guys found some kind of a rhythm yet? Um, how's the no sleeping thing going? It's going pretty good. Uh, we have kind of a split shift schedule going at the moment uh, around because she's always been a morning person. I'm always the night person. So around 10 or so, she'll start passing out wherever she stands. You know, maybe make it to midnight mm. if things are exciting. Yeah. And we've now started to get him into sleep for about two to three hours. So there's this nice like nine o'clock ish break that we get while she's falling asleep and dinner's done. And then I kind of sneak off until about 4 a.m. and man the living room and keep track of the kids so she can get just a block of maybe six hours in there and then come four depending where we're at sometimes i can get him down sometimes i can't and then we switch off very cool and what are you doing uh in in the family room while he's i'm sure just i mean he's probably just chilling there at this age right he's getting there Uh, yesterday was actually the first day we got to chill and that was so awesome like there was no food to be done there was no bouncing walking to to calm me but he was just hanging out fascinated by my hat and playing with feet, you know, and, and holding my hands and stuff. That was really awesome. Uh, but otherwise, we're probably walking, feeding, uh, burping, making sure there's no overfeeding because he does he does have at it if you don't take those regular breaks. Mm-hmm. And I can sometimes get a hand free over to a laptop to play some Magic the Gathering. Hey, very nice. <laughs> and why don't we transition into that conversation now? Because you, uh, like we like we mentioned earlier, are a content creator. Uh, this is what you do for a living. Um, you, your video games are a big part of your life. Video games become increasingly hard to play when you have mm. somebody that you need to keep alive, uh, especially at that age. Um, I had some experiences personally with Aria where uh, I found, you know, some kind of rhythm of being able to play certain games at certain times. And uh, I had some ideas there. But how do you now find time to really do your job um, along with taking care of your son? Well, luckily, it is a job in that way. So there is dedicated time where I am streaming, recording, playing competitive video games like Heroes of the Storm, which... Or multiplayer, you load up, you're locked in for half an hour. Otherwise, you're going to disappoint, you know, nine other people. Maybe five of those people on the enemy side will be happy you underperform. Mm. But there is a time of about 20 minutes, a half an hour where you need to be locked in. And for the streams, that is a job. And Kristen's done an amazing effort making sure that'll that'll happen. And she still is able to participate in the show. She comes in when she can. But those are midday, and that's usually when we're, you know, going about an hour on, an hour off. Uh, other than that, it's been turn-based for for fun, and that's been that's been pretty good. Mainly because there is a sort of endurance with the newborn, where they're asleep on you, but you got to get to like that eighteen-minute mark before you know they're passed out for good, and they right. won't sort of become aware on the trip to the crib. <laughs> Yes, and I know exactly. What you're that's when about. the one hand can make it off the back over to the laptop and play some Magic the Gathering Arena, which is where I've really sort of settled in the for fun things. Uh, I was also playing Total War Warhammer 2, 
and it was the most diplomatic I've ever been because it's turn-based as long as you're in sort of the screen like civilizations. But mm-hmm. you get in a battle and you go down, it's tactical, it's more like StarCraft. And that that wasn't flying very well. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine that that takes away a lot of like, you can't really do that with one hand. You know, you need to be able to kind of man the helm there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about some of the games uh, that that you enjoy playing. So, so Heroes of the Storm is what I see you spending a ton of time doing. So with a game like Heroes of the Storm, um, like you said, you have to be jumping in for 30 minutes um, or so. Uh, and, and so like when you're um, when you're prepping content and you're uh, streaming live, and let's say that somebody else out there is going to be in a similar boat where they're a parent uh, or, or they're going to be a parent and they make a living on the internet uh, doing a lot of similar stuff. What sort of words of wisdom do you feel like you would want to have received from somebody uh, to say, Hey, this is the best way to go about handling your online, um, you know, uh, your online business. It certainly helps to have someone awesome in the background, like Kristen. Uh, it's been a, we are older, so it's been a long road getting to the point where we're like life experiences. Yeah. You know, we got our fitness in order. We got our, our life in order. We broke out of our downtown Chicago desk jobs, moved all the way out to the West coast for the fun of it because we love the area mm-hmm. and set up shop, you know, farming those internets and that whole process made us a really strong team. And the weirdest part about gathering information as a new dad is the pushback of so many articles. You're you're trying to find good information, but a lot of it is like, hey, you lazy man, you know, get yourself ready because it's all... It's all going to come crashing down on you. You need to get your stuff together. And over the course of the pregnancy, you're probably you're probably already getting your stuff together. You're you're doing all the dishes, you're doing you're taking care of the house now. You're just slowly ramping up as they become more immobile and more exhausted. And when the baby gets here, you know, mom's got the supply and there's only so much you can do to help with that. You know, you can feed them in the off time, if you're pumping or you got formula, but there's no, there's no substitute for mom. And so when you go and say, what more can I do to help with this kid? A lot of it was what you're already doing during the pregnancy. You Mm -hmm. sort of built up. Are you, are you cooking? Like awesome. Mm -hmm. You're taking care of the house. You're cleaning. Awesome. And in order to make those moments where I lock in for my job work, I make sure I'm on as much as possible with the family when I'm not in here. So there is no lock in if it's not online. And my rank in Magic the Gathering does suffer because I'll just leave a game. It doesn't matter. It's 1v1. Yeah. And making sure that priority is there and what can you do? Can you get water? Can you set up snacks? I'm I'm a fort builder. I definitely I definitely can be accused of some pillow fortage. So, you know, <laughs> I like, I like you know, the water there, the snacks nearby, making sure this and that, the blanket. I'm running around with like multiple pillows propping up elbows and whatnot if she's locked into a position for a while, changing the station, making sure the TV's going. And that allows me to, without being directly part of you know what he can do right now, which is basically feed and sleep, allows me to participate in now, build up those points so I can go in here and do that content creation for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about some more some more video games. And by the way, that was great words of wisdom. I think that supporting your uh, your spouse or your partner in this situation is so important. Um, being on when you're not uh, on the other side of, you know, like creating content and such. That's uh, so, so important. So kudos to you on really finding that priority. I think that's great. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit more about video games. This is a passion of mine. This is a passion of yours. Um, I want to share with you a couple of uh, philosophies that I've experienced as a new father and get your take. And uh, so, so one of those is that the single-player game experience, I've gravitated more and more towards single-player games as a new father, you're somebody that is um, pretty notoriously known for, you know, competitive online, you know, sort of 
play, um, at least in some of the stuff that I've seen you stream. Uh, how are you, are you playing a lot of single player games or do you just tend to do like quick match sort of situations? No, I've, I've actually started up fallout three again, just because it's good and possible. Ooh. Uh, during the during the pregnancy, instead of something like Dark Souls, which I am a big fan of, I was playing that newer Sekiro because that's plausible. And that just that freedom to stop anything at a drop and get that water, that snack or whatever it may be has just taken over. It's it's less stressful. It's it's not fun in the end. You feel like you're, you're sneaking it mm-hmm. if you are getting into one of those multiplayer games. Yeah. It's simply just not not worth it. No, agreed. I think that the the ability to pause also, and here's the other side of the single player experience. I have totally embraced the very easy slash casual slash cinematic experience, you know, whatever term that they want to the easy mode setting. Um, only simply because I don't like bashing my head against a video game for too long because of the spare amount of time that I you know have to play video games. Do you find that to be the case for you? Yeah, yeah. The the isolated small experiences are way more rewarding right now. Uh, something that would be very grindy, that would still be turn-based, like doable, like Darkest Dungeon, which is one, just a stressful game. Mm-hmm. And keeping that perspective of where you are in the dungeon, how long you've been there, what what your strategy was two hours ago when you got up, would just be too much it's so much easier to just kind of lock into something that is isolated small in those ways that what i found is that open world games are another thing that you know i love and you mentioned fallout i love the idea of open world games in fact some of like the assassin's creed games are some of my favorite fallout uh a lot of those but i found that over the course of time of when you know aria has been around I have actually found those games to be intimidating because of that Mm. crap. Where was I? You know what I mean? Um, Have you gotten any of that from Fallout since you've been playing that? Yeah, I've wandered off. Yeah, (laughs) it's 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 too much. It's a lot. I mean, granted, I've beaten it three times, so it, it was a dream project, but I am pretty good at clearing my Steam library. And when I set out to beat something, that is the game I will put the homework into and I make sure I make it through XCOMs because I love them so much and those Dark Souls games. Oh, yeah. And I could still see that happening because the focus could remain. But completionist, yeah, that, 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 that's over. That, yeah. That's done. Yeah. And I'm perfectly OK with that. Me too. Like I, like current my current game right now, because I'm finally getting to it, is uh, F- uh, Far Cry 5. Like and, and I'm having a blast with it. I think it's really great. I find myself it's a, it's an open world game like we're talking about but what I the the tactic that I'm taking is that I'm like only doing the main story quest missions. I'm not really taking my time to get through the side quests and all that stuff. And I found myself going through this uh little phase in the game recently where I started just it's like muscle memory. Like, oh, there's a quest. I'm going to go get it and I'm going to go do it. And uh, and it clicked on and I started to get stressed. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm doing exactly what I committed myself not to do. And so I ended up actually dialing that back and I'm finding myself enjoying uh, the open world experiences a bit more. So this is kind of like a, a like I'm dipping my toe back into that experience in the open world situation. Um, I'll, I'll report back here and let everybody know, know how it goes. But it's a uh, it's a lot. The open world experience is a lot. Um, another video game series that I've actually really enjoyed playing is the auto battler system, like like auto chess or team fight tactics. Have you played any of those? I have. Yeah. I've, in fact, uh, I was playing it when it was one of those Dota Dota mods before the whole thing blew up. It was it was an experience seeing that thing grow. Yeah. Like I've been so hooked on TFT, and this has been such a like it's like a great dad game, right? Like, cause you, you can jump in, like when the kid's taking a nap, I hop down here and like, I'll play like a few rounds and it's like perfect because each round is like 30 minutes, kind of similar to a heroes match. Um, and you can just like knock those out. Any other, um, any other suggestions on, on types of games that maybe, uh, uh, dads out there should, should play if they, if they like those kind of quick in and out experiences. I think those strategy games are really the most valuable. Uh, your big RPGs are going to leave you a little disappointed. They're just so time consuming. 
and it's for a different phase of my life. Uh, right now, I'm finding that things like Celeste, even these strategy, even if it's a platform, something more strategy where if you are called away, you still have something to chew on in your brain and you get to go, mm, okay, you know, oh, I'll go back to magic and I'll, and I'll trade out this card for that card. Uh, you get to read on your phone about the cards and invest yourself in there. So when you're not playing, you feel like you're improving. When you get to play, it's a small experience that you're working your way through. You're in the platform. You're not sure how to get through it. Okay, you get to leave it paused on the screen, but you get to stare at it in the background, figure out where you're going. And those have just been so calming to have and making sure I still feel like me because I do love video games. Yeah, I think that that's a big thing. You know, I think a lot of people look at video games as just like, oh, you're just playing games. But for a lot of people, it's a it's a kind of a passion like me i i really enjoy diving into a story and like experiencing a really good story it's a really good you know um outlet in a lot of cases so um yeah don't people shouldn't take video games so lightly i mean they could be taken lightly if if you just enjoy that but i think for for a lot of people including you and me it's a lot it's different than that right like it's it's a true passion. I think you and I both enjoy uh, diving into uh, like esports news and you know other gaming news and all that sort of stuff. So it's a pretty wide gamut when you're thinking about uh, what video games are about. Well, and and there's nothing, and that's not so different than this kind of parenting thing. Is the whole reason I'm a content creator as a profession is because people want to improve. People have games they enjoy and they just naturally want to be better and coaching and doing shows like Into the Nexus, where we talk about how to improve at those video games just means a lot to people. And that's not going to change. And I think having that strategy mindset is going to make you a better daddy. I mean, if you're like on the fence about it, we and I've also embraced like some of the what would you what would you call it? kind of you know the more tribal basics of it like for me i can feel frustrated when i i just can't help enough so being able to go grocery shopping go, going hunting as it were and coming back being allowed and having that communication with my wife uh, of that being something i can supply the family has really helped out yeah yeah. What does it mean to you? Um, you know, like you mentioned this tribal nature, I think there's, uh, or a primal nature, I should say. Uh, I think that there's a lot of primal nature that comes out of men when they kind of enter into this paternal, like this paternal instinct kicks in. Um, one of those things for me was, uh, like I, I took a more of a role of like cooking around the house, um, and and like doing stuff like that. What are some of the things that you've kind of, you just mentioned shopping. I like doing some other stuff like that. What are some of the things that like you just picked up and just started doing more of now? Certainly the cooking. And half of that was because there were times where there was no appetite or there was very particular requests and during the pregnancy. So I was facilitating those needs or the lack thereof and supplying my own ideas on top of it. Uh, I mean, we've gotten super into the pre-frozen crockpot meals where you just have, you know, $200 worth of food and you just cut it all up and this goes in this and this goes in that bag and then you put it all in the freezer and then it comes out over time. And even that basic rotation of, okay, this is thawing, you know, this is going there and then we need bread for this one is something that really just made sense with that strategy gamer mindset I already had. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll never be as micro as Kristen can be about details. Like if there's a stack of papers on a table, I'm happy there's a stack, but it's not squared up. And that's something, you know, when if there's a, a sauce splatter on the wall, I just I, I can't see it. But I can vacuum a floor and making <laughs> sure like these yeah. these basic fundamental pillars of a functional household stay up is something that I can do very well, but there is a, a blindness I have to the minutia. Yeah, you know, you uh, you actually brought up an interesting point I was curious about. You know, um, this tends to be kind of a, a trying time 
right? So when you're dealing with 18 days now in uh, on parenting, even the strongest of partners can have some, you know, it could, it could feel a little tumultuous or you're not doing enough or this and that. Uh, have you guys experienced any of that? And how do you keep yourselves kind of centered on your partnership around parenting Flynn? Oh, man, I am just so freaking lucky to have Kristen. She she thanks me for waking her up like that. That's insane to me. Like, oh, th- thank you for knowing when to, you know, throw in the towel, when to tag out, because I will try my best to to keep it going as late as I can to make sure she gets as much sleep as possible. And we've had a lot of strategy conversations, but right now things are, things are constantly changing. And I think the toughest part of it all is processing advice. And if there's one show that if there's one part of the show that's spooky, it's talking about anything that I found that works because to someone else that could mean, the the destruction of my family. Yeah. Yep. It, like the, the biggest example I can think of is any Disney movie where someone's like, oh, a baby and grabs a blanket and is like, there you go, baby. Th- that That's a no-no. Like a, a loose blanket on a baby. How could you? <laughs> and great, it's something you learn in every book right now with swaddling yeah. and, you know, making sure the crib is clear and on their back and all those sort of basics. But to somebody, everyone has their own idea. And in my own family, it's been colic. You know, you're on the phone and you hear one cry. Oh, colicky baby. It's like, oh, that's so WebMD of you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a cry. It, how 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 could you accuse or or uh, belabor my mind with the idea of colic? How frightening mm-hmm. is that? That they mm-hmm. they would be inconsolable for six months when this is something we can just deal with naturally. Did you eat broccoli? Well, that makes the the milk gassy, the baby's gassy. It's like, well, we need to figure that out for ourselves if, if broccoli's the culprit right. here. Right. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting point because I think that there are some fundamental things that work really well kind of across the line for, for kids. That's a foundational thing. But it's also not to say that every kid is different. You know, that's a pretty cliche thing to hear, but I think it's so crucial for parents to hear that because just because one thing works really well for a, a child and parents in how they handle a child's situation doesn't mean that, that that's not necessarily going to work across the board. Um, but, but basic things like, uh, you know, consistency with, with the feedings, with the naps, like things like that. Sure. Um, but also I think that a big point that you touched on making the mistakes and learning for yourself on how to overcome certain, um, certain situations. That's so key to just kind of going back to that primal instinct of figuring out how to parent in the first place. We all have no idea what we're doing. This thing doesn't come with a manual. So it's, uh, it's so crucial that you have that opportunity to do it. I mean, we got we, we had some cool leg ups in the situation. You know, one was because it was a 48 hour labor. We were in the hospital for two days after uh, that was a long period of time. And there's things that some nurses were really into. And when you see, you know, eight shifts of nurses, you get to learn a whole bunch of different styles of doing things, you know, but they they mentioned to talk about the night two clustering, for instance, And that's it's the cluster feeding is so intense because the milk's not flowing yet. Right. That you just you're like, what? How could no of all the things people wanted to tell you about? Why would no one mention this madness? And then you look it up on Reddit and people calling it the night from hell. And you're like, what? How did this not come up in all the advice and all these things people talk about? And then you neglect these what are probably with lack of sleep and down the road, very forgettable basics of having a newborn. Right. Right. And, uh, there are so many things that we even hear when you're going through that whole process about to go, you know, we're about to have kids and stuff. And then you completely forget, Oh, how do we handle that again? And so much of it, you just rely on your gut. You just handle it. Yeah. You know, and and if I've got a fault as a gamer in a modern era, it's that, I don't respect information till I have the question. So there'll be some big post on some website. So-and-so is meta right now. Make sure you're running X cards in your deck. And I'm like, ah, whatever. 
that, that, that doesn't matter for me. Not my game, not where I'm at. And then I'll face it and I'll go, oh my God, I got beat by that thing. Now that I have the question to ask, I can go online and figure out what's happening. And, and Kristen's allowed me to have those moments too because she she was eight when her uh, last sibling was born. She's got uh, three brothers and sisters. Oh, wow, okay. And so she's she's kind of been down this road before. If anything, it's more, this is my baby because this one's finally mine. I took care of, I helped take care of three kids. This one's finally mine and I get to do what I want with it and raise it how I want and how I think it should be properly done. But Kristen's been really good about letting me have those those questions or waiting for me to be interested in the new information before putting that on me. So I feel like it is it is my parenting. It's all my own. Yes. No, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that you have that sense of there's a lot of sense of, of pride and ownership in in knowing what you're doing here. I think that's so, so awesome. Um, I loved what you said about just the lack of mental real estate that that we and this is true across the board, us as humans, right? Like we only have the capacity to remember so much and that, you know, that in the moment where you think, oh, that's not that important. Um whether or not you really want to try to remember it, uh, it's really hard to remember it. So don't feel so bad about like, oh, I should have thought of that. I should have remembered that thing. You know, even with video games, I, I feel you out there. Um, well, it's, it's changing just like video games. It's changing every day right now. Exactly. Like you can do have one thing just perfect, puts them to sleep, and then the next day it's completely different. And right now I know we're still in those like most, robotic baby time there is there is it's food and sleep and the inconsolableness of whatever those two balances have fallen out of whack but if if you are like a new dad out there or you're thinking about having kids every once in a while and it's crazy they'll accidentally smile and i I, it's it's gas or something something like went (laughs) went in their brain they're like we should practice a smile right now and it's just like, holy crap. I know. It's the most beautiful it means thing the ever. world to you. <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing ever. Oh, it's it so makes, great. It makes no sense. You know, I I'm I'm I put him in the the carrier in the the, uh, the pushy cart and we're going and just this huge smile out of nowhere. I'm just like, holy whoa, floored. <laughs> Did I do something right? No, it, it was it was practice. It was half asleep, but I am so freaking excited for <laughs> next month when we get into that interactivity and the and the recognizing of faces and when we can actually start having even a basic dialogue like what I have with my cat, you know? <laughs> Just <laughs> what you have with your cat. That's funny, man. That's really funny. What, so what are you most excited about as a new father? I mean, I've already got a one of those little like with the handle on top push cars. Just a block with four wheels on it and i am just stoked for pushing that back and forth really that's so great man just like those those basics and he's like oh my god he's he is strong for 18 days i mean you put him on you put him on your chest you know face down and he's like you know he's got his arms in there he's trying i swear he's getting bored you know he, he wants to be moving around and i know that that means he'll escape or that he'll be you know looking for things to put in his mouth eventually. And, and the danger senses will have to grow at that point. We'll be to a whole new level. But even those just basics of interactivity and just seeing like he, he passed the hearing test in some sort of like amazing way. You know, he, he was two weeks late. So maybe he was just ahead <laughs> at that point. But they're like, wow, his hearing is amazing. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, as a radio host, I'm like, oh, awesome. You know, <laughs> voices, sounds. I remember jingles like nobody's business. And like just getting to be like squeak, squeak on one ear and have him go uh, and throw his head that way. Squeak, squeak on the other. Uh, throw that way. Just the interactivity that yeah. I can supply that the coolest, the coolest thing I heard about being a dad across all the advice I came across was you're there to give an experience other than mom. And that is so calming that when your hold with your big man hands is, is different or clumsy, you're supplying a different world. And that's perfect. That's what they need to grow. And in order to exist in a world full of trials and tweets that fly at them, 
if, if messing something up or doing it in your own way just means it's a different experience. And I can't wait to be like, all right, yeah, you go, you go enjoy yourself, Kristen. We're going to sit here and push this tiny car back and forth. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's so cool to hear how excited you are about this experience because man, it just feels like, like yesterday when I was experiencing this with, with Aria, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, it's a unique experience as a new father. And, you know, if you were to think about, uh, you know, your son in the next, oh God, you know, he, uh, 18 years, like when he becomes a quote unquote adult, like what is it at this point in time, if he, if he was to access this almost like, you know, a time capsule, what is it that you would want to say to him to, to, um, as you know, to convey your excitement in this moment right now? Oh, this is where you get like teary eyed. Like this is where it, it, cause <laughs> you go and you get a dog or cat and you're not like, Oh man, can't wait to see what you're going to do with your life. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to go off and be their own people at some point. I think the, the weirdest thing about my generation is that people always said, you know, follow your dreams and, and uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think my big advice that I want to see him grow with is what do you want to practice being when you grow up? Because you're going to have to build the skills to be that thing that yeah. you want to be. And there's just so much dreaming in the world today. And there's a lot of hopeful wishing. People don't put in the practice. And I'm so happy we got to wait a long time while I got all that just stuff for myself together. Just a basic like working out. Understanding taking care of yourself and eating a proper meal is so fundamental to being healthy. And like the, the stress levels when you don't sleep, they're, they're insane. And you get a good nap and you're like, wow, the world's so different. Understanding yourself and what you practice and preach becoming what you can do. And I'd want to see how that philosophy influences him into the future. Very cool. I'll send you a copy of this and you can let him listen to that 18 years from today. I think that'd be fun. (laughs) Awesome. I'm sure I'll have some other stories to tell him about. Oh my goodness. No wonder parents do. They're like, oh, you want to buy a house? Mm, oh, yeah, sure. And you're like, I'm I'm 32. Oh, yeah, I'm going to buy a house. And they're like, well, and they tell you the most basic advice. It's probably because they remember changing your damn diaper. Like, <laughs> you remember when you took a crap all over me? Yeah, then we're going to have a yep. conversation about that. <laughs> yep. Poop on pop. You know, you remember that one? No, you don't? Well, have a nice prom. Oh, man. So speaking of which, uh, the, the the first poop. Did you change the first poop? I did. Yeah. I was, I was excited to get, cause Kristen again, like she'd raise a bunch of, uh, helped raise a bunch of kids. So I, I was definitely wanting to get in there early before the anxiety of not getting on the bicycle started Mm -hmm. building. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot, (laughs) there's a lot in there. Yeah. Yeah. In that first one, it wasn't (laughs) as smelly though, as people made it sound. They made it sound like you would just be repulsed. You're you're visually repulsed because it's basically tar that comes out of the thing. Yeah, it's a weird situation. Um, yeah, and my dad still to this day gives me a hard time because I pooped all over him. On my he he changed my first poop, and I guess I wasn't done, and I pooped all over him. Like to this day, you know, thirty plus years later, here we are. Uh, so it's it's always fun to revisit that, and and I fully encourage you know I'm going to do that to Arya. I encourage you to do that to Flynn. Um, and speaking of Flynn, all right. So I want to end on a very, uh, a very interesting question. Now, if you were to guess what type of like D and D character that Flynn would be, you've got a love for D and D. What would you say? Like, what class and race, knowing his personality, eighteen days in, what what class and race do you think he would be? Oh man! All right. So he he's definitely. Asking for heels all the time. <laughs> he's, he's he can't supply he can't supply his own you know buffs yeah. and whatnot. So I think we'd start there. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I think you know you got barbarian rage. That's pretty that's pretty in there. That is. Uh, but 
think you have to go with Monk, those unarmed strikes. Yeah. Uh, in, in particular, the swaddling is not so much for the comfort of the pressure as much as those hands will go up and punch him in the face, himself in the face. And he'll be like, what was that? I'm oh. awake. What just happened? This is very distressing. <laughs> What's well, like a, a self... Uh, uh... I'm trying to think of like a class in D&D that does like self-inflicting damage to output more damage. I mean, maybe maybe barbarian in in the rage thing, that mechanic. Yeah, you got the reckless attacks. Reckless you know, attacks, exactly. So basically, no he's he, you've spawned a Varel is what you've spawned. Yeah, I'm okay with that. He's he's a noble beast. Yeah, yeah, too funny. Well, um, Kyle, I wanna I wanna thank you for taking the time to to chat today. This has been so much fun getting to know you. Um, on a little bit more of a personal note and, and hearing your very just genuine excitement for being a dad. It's been so much fun. Um, why don't we take a moment to let people know where they can reach you and follow all of the stuff that you are doing? My big show can be found over at amove.tv. That's Into the Nexus, wherever podcasts can be found. The Heroes of the Storm show I do with Garrett Weinzerl. You can find my streams of that video game over at twitch.tv slash Kyle Ferguson. You can find the VODs of those at kyleferguson.com, youtube.com slash kyleferguson. It's just my name. I'm a weird video gamer. I'm from radio, so I just used my name years ago, and everyone was like, we're gamer tags. I lost, you know, I, I missed the boat. So just Kyle Ferguson, two S's in Ferguson across the web. Uh, there will be dungeons on the Frog Pants Network. DM gives inspiration as well. A solo show I do about 15 minutes to get people inspired to be dungeon masters. And it's worth it. Do it. If you want to play D&D, you should be the dungeon master. That's how it works. Yes, it actually the the whole um experience listening to more shows around D&D has inspired me to start my own campaign and I want to be doing that cuz I've never DM before. So I've always oh, played as a player and I and I can't It's the best role there is. Yeah. Every turn's your turn. Yes, it's so fun. It's so fun. Well, again, our guest has been Kyle Ferguson. Kyle, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Special thanks to Kyle Ferguson for being on the show today. Just really awesome conversation. I love hearing that new dad perspective. I love getting that on the show here every once in a while. It's so inspirational, guys, and I hope that you're inspired by it, too. I encourage you to go check out the stuff that Kyle does. It is all wonderful. And again, thank you, Kyle, for sharing your story. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and consider supporting the show. If you head over to thedadchronicle.com, there's a link to become a patron. We have a lot of really great rewards for patrons, so be sure to check that out. And if you'd like to chime in on the conversation today, email thedadchroniclepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on social media at Alex Albisu. My last name is spelled A-L-B as in boy, I-S as in Sam, U. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.